This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. Hello. Hi. Hi. I have so many things to get into. Do yes. you want to get into it? Let's do okay. this thing. Uh, happy or sad first? What do you uh, want? Sad, sad, sad. Sad, sad, sad. Okay, let's start with William Barr, because this is just on my screen right now. Okay. Uh, last Friday, this is right after we recorded, so we didn't get a time to talk about this yet. Uh-huh. Uh Attorney General William Barr, he gave a speech at Notre Dame. Notre Dame? Boo. Boo. University of Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, and basically, they're fine. He can give a speech there. He can give a speech there as Attorney General. Oh, yeah. General. My boo is just because my family has a longstanding hatred of Notre oh, Dame. I see. I'm not, under- I'm not sure why, but like I just go with it because it's one thing my family all has in common. Go ahead. <laughs> they have a football team, I heard. <laughs> um, so... He gave a speech there, which wasn't an issue, but the stuff he said in the speech was disturbing. It was just a giant rally for the religious right. Uh So, again, Attorney General, your job is to uphold the law. And what does he say? Hey, drug addictions, mental health issues, all of our societal issues, the reason you have those, it's a lack of religion. Jesus. He condemned, quote, militant secularists. Oh, that's us. Yes, that's people like you. <laughs> Me? Um, us, yes, I said. You. <laughs> he said, we see the growing ascendancy of secularism and the doctrine of moral relativism. I'm going to read you one other section here. Along with the wreckage of the family, we're seeing record levels of depression and mental illness, dispirited young people, soaring suicide rates, increasing numbers of angry and alienated young males, an increase in senseless violence, and a deadly drug epidemic, dot, dot, dot. But I won't dwell on the bitter results of the new secular age. Wow, that was yeah. that was a lot of he pinned on us. Dude, and just to be clear... Countries that are the least religious in the world have yeah. lower rates of violence, more prosperity, better human rights, higher life expectancy, Could better educational opportunities. Things I can pin on capitalism, uh, more freedom. <laughs> Late stage uh, let's capitalism. See, we got wreckage of the family. Uh, that's your fault. Yeah, that's well. Li- yeah, late yeah. stage capitalism. Levels of depression but, are high. Mm, Mental illness anxiety, is high. That's not capitalism. Uh, young people are sad. Well, yeah, we have no future and we're never going to retire. Am mm-hmm. I still a young people? I guess no. I'm not a young people anymore. No. Soaring <laughs> oh, suicide no. rates. Yeah. Angry young men. Wait, is that even backed up by statistics? Uh, and also, I think that can be attributed more said to, it, so you shouldn't take more to any gun of it violence than to secular values. Yeah. Uh, alienated young men. That's just the fault of video games, clearly. Yeah, that's just men being held responsible to, like, regular standards like they haven't been before. Like, this guy's an asshole. I'll date him anyway. Now people are like, this guy's an asshole. I won't date him. And they're like, why? <laughs> why, though? I'm such a good asshole. Yes. And a dread- deadly drug epidemic. That. It's late-stage capitalism, my friend, and thank you to the <laughs> opioid companies. And by the way, to make, to make matters even worse, uh-huh. on top of this horrible speech that the attorney general is giving... Does the attorney general traditionally make a lot of speeches? That's that, not a criticism. I, just, yeah, I don't remember the Yeah, the attorney general can make speeches, ha- but like generally you hope they're talking about the need for justice and sure. the need for, like, let's incarcerate people less and let's try to make sure everyone is held... You know, uh, everyone has to obey the law. No one's above the law. But that doesn't work when you work for Trump. See, this is all stuff that is... Even though he's not supposed to work for Trump. Right. (laughs) This is all stuff that I think is, like, so weird and frustrating in, like, the age of Trump. Because 
You said he was making a speech, and I was like, is that a thing attorney generals do? Attorneys general do? I mean, everyone who's in the administration makes speeches. I'm sure... In any administration. In the past, attorney generals have made speeches, but I just haven't had to be aware of them because they've been above board. And now I have to, like, know what every single cabinet member is doing because they're probably committing high treason at any given time. This is exhausting. I don't have time for this. And that's why you're voting for Trump in 2020? Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Drain the swamp. Um, making matters even worse, after he gave that speech, if yep. you went to uh, state the State Department's website, whatever it is, state.gov or whatever, it had a full-page picture so I saw saying that. being a Christian leader with Barr's video of that, with the speech of Barr's video. Like, that's the front page of the U.S. State Department is talking about the import. It's no longer. Okay. They changed it. But being a Christian leader, that's what his speech was admittedly about. It's so It's not about the importance of leadership. It's why Christianity rules. Can you imagine any other religion in place of that? And I know we do that a lot, but I don't know any other way to illustrate how inappropriate that is. Like, if... If it was how to be a Sikh leader, like, what? No, absolutely right. not, right? Like, uh, it's so bad, and it's so blatant, and it's gotten worse because he's not, they're not... It also suggests They're being called out about it, but they have no fucking shame. It so. also suggests that if you criticize what Barr's saying, you must not be a good Christian, which is BS, because plenty of Christians are like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Um. So they changed it. The homepage was changed later, maybe after all the outrage. Can I? But again, the point is this administration doesn't just include a lot of conservative Christians. Mm-hmm. They use their platforms to promote conservative Christianity. That is the problem. That's the issue even beyond the legal stuff, like using Christianity as justification for their policies. Do you think after... So I, I what we're seeing a lot of is that these sort of norms that we've lived by as a country for hundreds of years are being thrown by the wayside and we've realized there's no structural support for them, right? There's no, we say, you know, you shouldn't be an open racist as a president, but he's doing it and there's no law against that. And Republicans don't care. And Republicans don't care. Do you think we're going to see morality codified in a way we haven't before to prevent this kind of thing from happening again? No. No. I mean, you could stop corruption with the law, at, and, but that requires a president who cares about corruption and stopping it. I'm saying like post-Trump. Yeah. And then you era. need a, gov- a legislature that cares enough to enact it. You sure. have neither right now because Republicans run that both of those areas. Yeah. So you're not going to codify morality per se, but you could stop the, the blatant corruption if you had decent people in charge. But we don't. So anyway, this is just what Barr did. I wish this were the big story because it should be the big story, and it's not. It's like priority number, whatever, 37 from the week because we got a whatever a genocide to worry about now. Yeah. So anyway, just one <sighs> thing to get off my chest. Let me talk about something a little happier, though. Uh, okay. Okay, so during the Democratic presidential debate oh, yeah. that took place this week, uh, the debate was hit or miss depending on which candidate you like, but... One thing that was especially entertaining was that the Freedom From Religion Foundation paid for a commercial. Yeah. And CNN said yes. And they aired it a couple times. They aired it twice during the debate. They aired it once after the debate. ABC News, which sponsored, or held anyway, the last debate 
uh, rejected this ad. Did they? I yeah. didn't know that. They said it's like, I forgot the exact words, sure but they said too it's divisive. too political, too divisive. promotional. Well, divisive is like everything. <laughs> but they said it violates whatever. We don't want that sort of position ad on our thing. Uh-huh. Pro athe- whatever. CB, uh, CNN was like, yeah, sure, give us money. We'll take it. So there were there was this ad. This is an old ad for FFRF, but it features yes. Ron Reagan, the yep. son of the former president, um, basically saying, I am an unabashed atheist. Mm-hmm. You should support FFRF. And at the very end, his little tagline is, I'm Ron Reagan, lifelong atheist, not afraid of burning in hell. It's so good. <laughs> it's very, very good. I remember the first time I, I, I remember very specifically the first time I saw it. I must have been watching like MSNBC or something because that's usually what it airs on is like. It has aired on MSNBC. Yeah. It's aired on Comedy Central during the Daily oh, Show. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. But I remember seeing it and just being so flabbergasted by every part of it. Like seeing FFRF on TV. I didn't know they had a commercial campaign. Seeing that Ron Reagan was their spokesperson. I, I, it was just every part of it was confusing and delightful. And to be clear, like like you said, this is not a new ad. Reagan, Ron Reagan, has been saying this stuff for a long time. There's a New York Times interview with Ron Reagan from 2004 Mm -hmm. where he says, like they asked him, are you going to run for public office? And he kind of jokingly says, no, I'm never going to do it. I'm an atheist. It's never going to (laughs) happen. Um, when his mother, Nancy Reagan, died, he was one of the people, obviously, d- doing a eulogy. Mm-hmm. He mentioned that he doesn't believe in the supernatural in there. Just as a side comment, it wasn't, it wasn't about him. <laughs> um, and this ad was actually filmed, I believe, in 2013. They've been airing it since 2014 sure. in various places. But anyway, this is all. Like, I think uh, Joe Jervis at Joe My God made the point that, like, there are a lot of right-wing people who are like, oh, my God, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Uh-huh. He's like, "That's this has been around forever. If you're surprised, it's only because you ch- changed the channel from Fox News for the first time in right. your life. Uh, yeah, but yeah. among the criticisms, because, again, what are you criticizing? The fact that someone said he's an atheist? Yeah. He also <laughs> says, like, church-state separation is important, uh-huh. therefore support FFRF. It wasn't an advertisement for atheism. Right. But here's uh, Charlie Kirk, who's one of those right-wing... He gets a lot of the young right-wing gullible folks. This is the left. They booed God at their convention. That's a a lie. They want to defund churches that don't support their progressive views, which is the thing Beto O'Rourke said, which we can get into, which no one else agreed with. I think we talked about it. Last week. And this This is is, the episode title. Oh, right. (laughs) And this is the ad that gets the prime spot at their debates. I'm not afraid of burning in hell. Retweet if you're disgusted with this godless party. Jesus Christ, calm down. Right. How does you how do you get so angry and everything wrong at the same time? Um, there was uh, Greg Locke, the pastor, who said FRF is running this ad during the Democratic debate. It's further proof that this party hates God in all caps, because he's Christian. Um the Democratic Party had nothing to do with this ad. Right. They didn't get veto power over it. They didn't run it themselves. They're just doing their debate. It has nothing to do with them. Greg Locke also said, rest assured, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And which we're the crazy is ones? is a threat. What? Yeah. And- yeah. Yes, you're the crazy one. <laughs> Todd Starnes, who's now not working for Fox News, said CNN's airing this ad. Ron Reagan Jr. saying he's not afraid to burn in hell. Hashtag extra crispy. Oh, because of the burning? 
I guess, or he was hungry. I don't no, know. No, it was a funny burning joke because they oh. think they think hell is funny. Oh right. He also said on his website, but not on Twitter. Hashtag fire retardant undies. Seriously, is, that a is, joke? M- is Mike Huckabee do running stand up oh comedy classes God. for in, conservatives in 1992? <laughs> ay, ay, ay. My favorite one, of course, was Franklin Graham, the evangelist, who was so mad. He basically said, "Like I'm saddened to see that Ron Reagan's son is a self proclaimed atheist." Whatever, it's not news. But later he said, "You know, I'm paraphrasing. It's his choice what he wants to believe." Right. Um, but quote. Whether an individual believes in God, heaven, or hell doesn't change the reality, dot, dot, dot. Let's pray that Ron will know the saving love of Jesus Christ and turn to him before it's too late. Bum, dun, dun, bum, dun. bum. Yes. Um, to be clear, that idea that you're, are you a Jew? Are you a Muslim? Are you an atheist? You're going to be tortured for eternity. That is way worse of a thought than anything Reagan said. Like, that's offensive, but again, isn't it oh. fun when the good guys are the ones condemning people to hell and they still <laughs> think they own the moral high ground? Yeah, yeah, cool and fun and nice and totally. regular. Um, by the way, President Reagan had said in a speech in I believe '84, uh, "We establish no religion in this country. We command no worship. We mandate no belief. Nor will we uh, ever." Church and state are and must remain separate. Yeah, Reagan it, has flaws, but at least that line was fine. Yeah, two things on that. It's funny that when Ron Reagan said that he didn't want to run for office, um, the, it's not, and I, maybe this was just like a mask for it, but it's fine that, like, well, I'm an atheist, so I can't, like, that's literally the First Amendment is that you can't, there should be no, you know, Test religious test to run for office. Right. Two is that's a different one, but oh, yeah, I, is it different article? But the point is, like, yeah, that's in the Constitution. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're test, right, but you're also right. the the separation of church and state. But also, Reagan wouldn't have gotten elected in this Republican party. Oh no, absolutely too. not. Also, the dollop <laughs> is doing a two part episode uh, uh, series on Ronald Reagan right now, oh, really? and it is some wild shit. He's, I would recommend it. He, he gets lionized for no good reason. Yeah. Also, Nancy Reagan was hella into astronomy, astrology, oh, yeah. astrology. astrology. God, that's she a terrible thing to mix up. Yeah. Um, and by the way, like it's telling Franklin Graham is so disturbed by this ad. You know what else he's disturbed by? Transgender people using the bathroom. Yeah, like, like he doesn't get to prioritize. Let's set his... our bar on what he finds <laughs> disturbing, shall we? But the fact that it uh, poked at them so badly, this ad, that mm-hmm. it got all of them all worked up, it worked. Like Google said. Ron Reagan was one of their trending topics on debate nights. Really? Yeah. And just the fact that, good, I hope it worked. I'm very curious if FFRF, I don't know if a donor paid for the ad. Usually that's what happens in this case. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that happened here. But usually a, a rich donor is like, all right, if you want to run that ad, I'll pay for it. Right, right. And FFRF takes care of everything from there. I don't know if that was the case here, but I'm very curious what they got in return. Like, mm-hmm. how, what was their donation level like sure. on the night of the debate compared to a regular night? Uh, I asked them for the answer. I haven't gotten it yet. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I like that ad. I like that it pushed people. I got one more bit of good news that this is just in this morning. So the Pew Research Center 
in 2007 and 2014, they ran these monster surveys, like 35,000 people each, asking them in-depth questions about their religious beliefs and everything associated with that. So they called this their U.S. uh, religious landscape survey. Mm -hmm. And again, these are huge. There's nothing like it. The amount of money they must have been uh, put into doing these surveys and then analyzing it, incredible. Sure. So that's kind of the best data we've ever seen. Smallest margin of errors because you're talking to so many people. Mm -hmm. And what we got in 2015 when they published that results of the 2014 survey, this was the big headlines coming across from it. Christianity had gone down in popularity from roughly 78% to 71%. Okay. The nuns, so atheists, agnostics, anyone not affiliated with organized religion, had gone from 16% to 23%. Wow. And so those were some of the big takeaways sure. in 2015. Now, if they do another survey like this, it probably won't be, we won't get results to like 2022 at the earliest. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they're doing it. But today, on Thursday, they were like, you know what? We have some additional data, and it kind of follows up on those two big ones. So they were very clear, like, this isn't as big. This is just kind of a little mini update, if you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we wanted to share this with you anyway. And here's what they found. This is based on their kind of mini update from their surveys. They found that the trend of decreasing Christianity and increasing uh, non-religiosity is still heading in that direction, maybe even faster than usual. Wow. And what they found is that now, what percent of U.S. adults identify as Christian? It is down to 65%, (laughs) like under two-thirds of the country, and religiously unaffiliated, 26%. Holy cow. So those numbers, I mean, we are talking about two lines going in different directions. They're going to intersect eventually. Do you think they all happen in our lifetime? Yes. Yeah? Maybe. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'll say yes. I think, I mean, this is a one of the points they take away. Point from this heaven. is not a, we haven't seen the plateau yet for the non religious people. It just keeps going up. And just when they think it might be leveling off here for a little while, it doesn't. And so I, there's a bunch of, Pew doesn't do this. I can do this. What are all the reasons this is happening? I mean, there's so many things we could point to. It's all the scandals going on within the churches. It's the fact that the most vocal people on the religiously conservative side have basically joined forces with the disastrous Trump administration. Right. So, like, the stuff people used to say about, oh, religion's bad because Mm 9-11, even though that's not a fair thing, because, like, we're talking about a handful of extremists. Mm -hmm. Now it's like... Well, now even kind of the regular evangelicals are with Trump, and that's a problem. Right. So it's not like the moderates are any better. And I say moderates loosely. You have all the sex scandals, not just the Catholic Church, but Southern Baptists, white evangelical Protestant churches. I mean, I think a lot of this is religious people continue shooting themselves in the foot. It's just years of self-owns over the course right. uh uh, for so many different reasons. And meanwhile, I would say, why is the nuns going up? I would argue it's not because of atheist groups or atheist books. Those have, the books stopped a long time ago. Yeah. It's not like you're seeing anything new. It's not like, oh, wow, these new, literally new atheists are so popular now. Right. 
that's not the case. I think it's just a lot of people are just like, yeah, if this is what religion is doing, I want no part of it. Right. And also there are more non-religious people who are open about it. And I feel comfortable identifying as non-religious. Right. It's no longer like a stigma in and of itself. By the way, they also said the number of atheists specifically, which had been at like 2% because most people use a nicer euphemism right. for atheists. Right. No, the number of actual people calling themselves atheists is now 4%. It doubled since the last time they checked. Huh. Um, and I know 4% doesn't sound like a lot, but again, twice as many as before. And by raw numbers, now, we are talking, I want to make sure I get this right, the raw numbers say there are 68 million nuns, religiously unaffiliated mm-hmm. people, in the U.S. now. That is more than the 50 million Catholics. What? Yeah. What? 50 million Catholics, 68 million people who have no organized religion whatsoever. There's about 167 million who would say they're Christian. Huh. So, I mean, the Pew Research Center's title for this thing was like, I want to make sure I get this. In U.S., decline of Christianity continues at a rapid pace. Yeah, I mean, there's no good way to frame that, (laughs) is there? Yeah, no. And again, I wish I could take credit. I wish atheists could take credit. And we totally can't. No, it's all, it's it's like all cell phones. (laughs) It's all religious people just saying, go away. Let us give you reasons to go away. Um, Hey, gay people, we still don't like you. Get out, everyone. Yeah, it's 2019. We still think that's a What battles are we fighting? We don't want to give you flowers for your wedding, even if you pay for it. That's the hill we're dying on. So bad. <laughs> so, um, can we talk about Hobby Lobby? Let's talk about Hobby. What did they do? Oh my God! What haven't they done? So, I, as a as a crafter, I cross stitch. There is a Hobby Lobby very close. To, there's like a Hobby Lobby on Michaels and Joanne's, all like equidistant from me. And I have gone so far out of my way to not use that Hobby Lobby because they are like taking one for the team. Here. Yeah, I'm so brave. I really deserve my own medal of freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know Hobby Lobby a lot from their like anti-birth control stance. They were they were named when the Supreme Court decided that like oh yeah companies can have religious views. I guess is what they came to. Anyway. Um, They so in June, we all kind of found out that there was an Oxford professor who had sold um, a fragment of the Gospel of Mark to Hobby Lobby. So he works. So he he, this man is what's his name? I have it somewhere. Greens. Um, No, those are the people who own Hobby Lobby. The Oxford professor. Oh, okay. um, He somehow pulled these uh, pieces of papyrus and one piece of parchment from. a collection, a nonprofit in Oxford, Oxford called the Egypt Exploration Society, which we can totally have a discussion about, like how Britain is holding all of Egypt's relics hostage. But like that's totally for another day. But I just wanted to make sure I'm aware of that. Um, so this guy sold shit from this nonprofit that he was associated with um, to the Green family. The Green family owns Hobby Lobby, and they also own the Museum of the Bible, which is based in D.C. It's a nonprofit. So um, according to the EES, 
these, so 12 total uh, things written on papyrus, one on parchment, were taken without authorization from the EES. 11 of those pieces came into the Museum of the Bible's Care after being held to Hobby Lobby stores by Professor Dirk Obnick, his name is, most of them in two batches in 2010. Um, the Museum of the Bible statement says that the antiquities were, the, the, the Museum of the Bible statement says that the antiquities were sold illegally by a, quote, known expert. They like the, bio, the museum was like, oh, yeah, 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 these were hella so, like, stolen. It's not great. Um, a spokesperson for the Museum of the Bible said that uh, 13 I- of the 13 items, four of them are the property of the museum, and the remainder belong to Hobby Lobby as a part to, of the Green Collection. So a professor in Oxford either stole or illegally purchased... Egyptian artifacts and sold them to this rich ass family so they could put it in their bogus museum. Is there anything in this museum that's real? I mean, unclear. I kind of wish I'd known about it before. I probably did. I wouldn't have gone anyway. Um, I love that we're having this discussion about whether these artifacts about the Bible are real. Meanwhile, the actual Bible says a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Yeah. It, but like, that is the other thing. The of ethics, like, you would think the Museum of the Bible, at least on paper, like for the sake of public perception, would do everything on the up and up. And like every story that seems to come out of this place is we did something else that's shady. Right. So <laughs> we didn't get, we didn't know. We'll apologize. We'll give it, we'll give back the money or the artifacts. But like, Dude, get so, some standards in this place. This is one, of, yeah. This is one of my favorite things, and like, it just reinforces my working theory of the world that like nobody knows what they're doing, and everybody's <laughs> doing just what the fuck ever. Because, um, in a museum, so there's a transcript for all the objects that come into a museum, right? Um, so, um, no, I'm sorry, it's an invoice. So, what should be on the invoice is an export date supporting documentation, and a history of ownership. The invoice that the Museum of the Bible got about this Gospel of Mark thing just says Egypt. (laughs) 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 Um, So, yeah, the Museum of the Bible isn't entirely in the clear. Any museum acceptings or donations or loans to its collections should always ask for full documentation documentation of legal status. So the professor, the Green family, and the museum are all in trouble. Although I'm not Exactly sure whose jurisdiction this falls under. Maybe Nicolas Cage from... Uh, we can only hope he gets involved because <laughs> no one else is about to do anything. Yep. But so that's cool and this fun. This entire museum Guys, is don't just... don't shop at Hobby Lobby. <laughs> just don't. Uh, let's do this one okay. that involves... Okay. This is a sad story. Here is, here's the background to make sense of this story. About a month ago, there was a 14-month-old child. Uh, Her name is Temperance. Uh, She died in the bathtub. It was drowning. Horrible. Oh, no. Um, Okay, so there's enough grief going on among everyone who knows her. The mother happens to be an atheist. Her family, most of the extended family, happens to be religious. At the family's church, I think this happened on, let's say, a Tuesday... On Sunday, the pastor of that church, where the mother does not attend, Uh but much of her extended family does, Uh uh, the pastor gets on stage, and if I'm giving him all the benefit of the doubt here, 
he basically said, look, I was planning, I'm paraphrasing here, I was planning to give a sermon today called What to Do When Tragedy Strikes, and he already had it ready to go. But then this awful thing happened, Uh um, and it affects people in the church. And so he talks about what happened. And he also says in that service, (laughs) he also says in that service that um, after he tells the story, Mm -hmm. and he says this child is no longer here, he chimes in with a pause and then, but God is good. All right, I mean... (sighs) That's what pastors do. Okay, so that's one thing. By the way, he did not ask the mother, can I share this with everybody? Because she had not publicly announced this to everyone. So maybe it took a few days, but like she hadn't publicly said this anywhere. Uh But here was this guy already telling the world. Okay, so one very insensitive, Mm -hmm. if I'm being generous here. On top of that, The day after this happened to the baby, it turned out because members of her family belong to this church, word got back to the church's quote-unquote care pastor, and they sent a prayer for the child to the 180 people who belong to the church's prayer chain. Like everyone in this group. I think it means, hey, 180 of you, here's a mass text message Pray for this child Oof. or pray for the family of the child. But what happened is that the mother wakes up after the worst day yeah. of her life to what she told me was 50 text messages and 28 phone calls from strangers <gasps> trying to tell her. I mean, again, they mean well, but strangers telling her, I have something to say to you about your child. I'm sure they mean well. But also, what the fuck? I don't want all these messages uh, yeah. right now. Um, without permission. So, okay, all of this happens. She posted on her Facebook page Mm -hmm. days later, because, again, she has enough on her mind, and then all this is happening with the church, which the church is not helping. Right. That is the point she wanted to make. Right. I, I know you mean well, but everything you're doing is making this worse for me. Mm-hmm. And she wrote on Facebook, my daughter, she is not a sermon illustration. My daughter is not so you can bring in more tithes and offerings. My daughter is not for you to bring more souls to Jesus. Dot, dot, dot. I do not give the Midland Evangelical Free Church permission to use my daughter's death for their own purpose. Wow. She later said in a separate post, Um, I'm an atheist. I just ask that people, especially now, respect my mourning and that I don't believe in God. Your prayers may help you, but they don't bring me comfort. Mm -hmm. She actually got on the phone with the pastor and tried explaining all this to him directly. And his response, according to her, I haven't talked to the pastor yet. Her response is that when I tried to continue the conversation, the pastor cut me off and told me that if I wasn't going to repent and turn to Jesus, our conversation was over. He told me I could repent and in turn go to heaven to be with my daughter or oh, not. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Then she said she was going to have a protest or at least word got back to the pastor that she was so upset by this that some of her friends said they were going to basically hold a protest outside mm-hmm. the church wherever it's legal for them to do so. Mm-hmm. I don't think they could do it at the church, sure. but on the street outside, basically saying, This girl is not a sermon illustration. Stuff like that. Sure. When the pastor found out about it, we're literally talking days after 
this sermon illustration was given uh-huh. about a month after the child died. He sends her a letter, which she said was delivered to her by two police officers at her home. And the letter basically says, we would consider a protest to be disruptive to our worship. If you do it, uh, quote, it will be considered trespassing and the authorities will be contacted immediately. Basically, if you show up to protest about this, we're going to arrest you. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wait, can you arrest somebody for protesting? Um, I believe if they're on your property, on your property. or disrupting the service, you could say this is far more than just a peaceful protest. It's the same reason uh, if anti-choices are protesting at a Planned Parenthood, you got to stay outside the buffer zone. You cross it, we got a problem. You interfere with people as they're walking in, we have a problem. Um, So anyway, after I posted about that and all this shit that was going on, the protest happened. Um, There were only a handful of people there because it was such short notice. Mm -hmm. But basically... um, the church took down the video of their sermon where that pastor did the illustration, mm-hmm. maybe trying to hide it. Mm-hmm. But guess what? We still have the clip. Sure. So they reposted that. Um, <laughs> I want to make sure I get this. They posted in a statement on Facebook, the church did, that this tragic death has brought tremendous grief to anybody. They said they only spoke about her because, quote, the information had already been made public by the family. They didn't mention the mother's name because she didn't give him permission. Mm -hmm. He said, it's not a sermon illustration. Like, not the time to argue technicalities. Right. And then they said it was a way of honoring, quote, the faith of the family members who, in the midst of their grief, had just sung about the goodness of God. Which, again, fine, you can pray for yourself, but maybe get the mother's uh, permission. They didn't apologize to her for any of that stuff that they did. They didn't say it would never happen. They didn't say, here's how we're going to conduct grief sessions in the future or how we will handle these types of stories. There's no, like, we're going to take sensitivity training. Or the next time someone dies in our church, because that's a thing that happens, here's how we will handle it in a more appropriate... There's none of that. Right. Um, Which is why she's holding another protest this Sunday. There are way more people signed up on the Facebook page. Where is this taking place? Right in Midland... Uh, Michigan, I believe. Yeah, at the Midland Evangelical Free Church. Do you think mm-hmm. if they hadn't done the prayer chain, any of this would happen? If she hadn't en- woken up to her phone blowing up by, with strangers? I think when I spoke to her, it seemed to be the culmination of so many of these things. Because there's a difference between, hey, you don't understand this, but I'm an atheist, and what you think is well-meaning yeah. is rubbing me the wrong way, and you're not helping. yeah. That is the thing that happens. You know, you could say, look, uh, this isn't helping. Please stop. But I get why you did it. I Mm -hmm. get that it's Mm well-meaning. So that happens. And I think you should be able to, I'm I'm saying this for me, we should be able to forgive that sort of thing because people just want to help. And that's a nice thing. This is beyond that. This isn't just people were trying to help, but they crossed the line. This is like, how many things do you have to do to be a jerk to make my life worse right now? And how do you still, after I told you explicitly why this is bothering me, why are you still not getting it? Yeah, it's it really speaks to the lack of empathy many religious people seem to have yeah. when it comes to what I believe is right and your feelings don't matter because my feelings matter more. I feel better 
praying about at you. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if that doesn't help you. It makes me feel better. So fuck off with right. your grief of if, your child. If you watched his sermon on Sunday, this is when the few people were protesting this past weekend. Um, they posted that video of that sermon as well online. And after he says, you know, I'm Pastor Jeremy of this church for anyone who's new here. There's this long 30 second break while the audience claps for him. For him, the real hero of the story? Yeah, because he's the victim in all of this. And like, oh my goodness, there are people protesting outside against you. We will stand up for you. Also, no one cares about this mother who's yeah. grieving. Again, there's That's just awful. there's no self-awareness. There's no correction. Uh out the if the protest is taking place again this Sunday. Good luck trying to arrest these people for being in a legal zone. I mean, they yeah. did check, and where they're standing is far enough away from the church that it's not on their property, so they can't really do anything. Fucking jag. But, yeah. Anyway, I, I would point out, the mother has, did tell me there were other Christians, uh, not I, just affiliated with this church, who showed genuine empathy for her, who mm-hmm. offered to help in meaningful ways. She, she was more than receptive to sure. what they had to say what this church did and what the pastor did and what many of the people did just seemed to cross a line. Right. So I don't know if you're a Christian and you're listening to this, like be careful how you deal with this stuff, especially when it involves other people that are Mm. not you. Ugh, That's so awful. Yeah. Uh, That's one of those things where I heard it. I was out of town on Saturday and I heard that I'm like, oh, there's a story here. I should look at this. I'll do it on Monday when I get home. Mm. And then I took a second to look at it. I'm like, well, I'll put away everything I was doing. <laughs> Let's talk about this for the next hour. Yeah. But it was like, this is appalling behavior. Yeah, it's so... I, I think it's really important when somebody is dealing with a crisis or with grief or whatever to make... Sh- like, do your best to be there for that person in whatever way they need and right. not whatever way y- makes you feel better. Because, right. like, if somebody suffers a loss and says, I just need to be alone for a little while, and you as a friend or a family member are like, well, I need to be there for them. Like, but that's making you feel better. That's not making them feel better. And, like, that is a person you should be worried about. So if this, pa- like, it's just so disrespectful on its face for this pastor to be like, oh, I don't care about your <laughs> grief. I have some praying to do. Right. It's wild. Um, okay, let's move to Florida. Kimberly Daniels. Do you remember her? Do you remember her? No. She's the Democrat, and you're you oh, light up. Oh no! But she's yes, the, I remember her. She's the God Florida Democrat who like lives her life cosplaying as a Republican. Um, she has introduced a bill uh, that is basically going to shove Bible classes in public schools. Cool. She actually proposed this bill last year. Um, and the only good thing you could say about her bill from last year is that it kind of tried to be objective and neutral. But basically, her bill said every high, public high school in the state had to offer an elective class that was an objective study of the Bible, not, including, but not limited to, a course on the Hebrew Scriptures and Old Testament, uh-huh. a course on the New Testament, sure. a course on all of the above, really, Um But the problem is when you force districts to offer a course like this, you need to have teachers available to teach these classes. Let's say they did everything right and it really was objective and it wasn't proselytizing. 
again, if let's say there's an English department that's like, we need another teacher because our classes are getting too full. Uh-huh. And they're like, well, we need to have someone on hand to be an elective Bible teacher for three kids who want to take the class. Uh-huh. Therefore, English teachers suck it. Like, that's uh, the problem with forcing them to offer it. Look, if there's interest in sure. the district, the district can make their decision about offering this as an elective. She wanted to force them to do it. Not only that, she went on the 700 Club to promote this idea. Cool. She skipped the first day of the legislative session in Florida to go on the 700 Club. Oh, yeah. And I talk about We this. talked about that one before, right? And the, Yeah. And in all of this, in March... That bill did pass the state house's pre-K to 12 quality subcommittee, which tells you a lot about quality uh-huh. and how they define it. Uh-huh. But it didn't get there. It would have gone to an appropriations subcommittee. It didn't get anywhere there. So the bill effectively died. Okay. So that's the good news. That bill made it through one subcommittee. It never got to another subcommittee for a vote, uh-huh. much less the entire house for a vote, much mm-hmm. less everyone else to pass it. Right. So that's where it is. The The legislature hasn't changed dramatically mm-hmm. in terms of its makeup, but now she's refiling the exact same bill to go into effect next year. And the thought is, all right, this isn't going to get anywhere either. But also maybe that's because there was so much attention and people were like, what the hell are you doing? No one wants this. Right. Schools don't want this. Yeah, who's this? this audience of? Yeah. By the way, Kimberly Daniels has in the past... Uh, condemned witches and warlocks for praying to Donald Trump. Thank God. Um, praying to pray, Donald I'm Trump? I'm sorry, praying... Uh, uh, they were trying to like say, let's call on oh, okay. something against Trump. Say, and that she's would be like, a real plot twist. Yeah. Uh, she responded to the Parkland massacre by getting public schools to put up in God We Trust signs because oh, that God. stops mass shootings. Um, she also thanked God for slavery. All right, next story. That's... <laughs> That's what oh, she does. God damn it. She's a Democrat. Um, have I, I mentioned have that? A kind of cool fun story. Okay. Um because on it's fi- when I read the headline, I was like, oh fuck this noise. And then I read the rest of it. I was like, oh, okay, I'm kind of here for this. Um, so do you know what Nike Air Max 97s are? Oh, let me look on my feet. Nope. <laughs> don't have them. You're barefoot, you fucking liar. Yeah. Um I'm not barefoot. Well, you have socks on. That works. You're very polite. Um, okay. So, um, there is a Boston based creative label called, I believe it's pronounced mischief. It's capital M S C H F, which God, I cannot wait for this trend to end of just like losing vowels or (laughs) let's go all vowels. (laughs) Ow. That's my name. Mischief. Um, Is that what they're going for? That's my guess. I don't know what else they could be doing unless Mm -hmm. it's M S C H. HF, which is for some reason really hard for me to say. Mm-hmm. They um, are selling um, repurposed Nike Air Max 97s as Jesus sneakers. Yes. So let me tell you about these sneaks. Yes, tell me about my Jesus shoes. They contain holy water in the shoes that came from the Jordan River. I had to look at this picture for a second. Ima- you know, like when kids have shoes with the light up soles? Oh, yeah, 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 that's what it is. Imagine instead of lights, you just have like water. That yeah, you could or see like through. I feel like when I in like the nineties, it was really big to have like to prove that your shoes were cushiony. It had yes. like clear gel in it. Yeah, That's but what it now looked like. It has water from the River, river Jordan. Jordan. Um they were blessed by a priest. Of course. Um a crucifix has been added to the top of the laces on the right shoe. Uh-huh. And Bible verse Matthew 14, 25 has been added on the side. That's the one where Jesus walks on water. Which is 
Which was honestly the part when I read that, I was like, okay, I'm starting to come around on these shoes because that's a pretty clever Bible <laughs> verse for that. And a drop of red blood to symbolize uh, a drop of red to symbolize the blood of Christ on the tongue. Jesus. So these shoes have been selling for three thousand dollars. They are sold out. <laughs> now, if that is the end of the story, that is dumb and stupid and I hate it. Pretty. However, oh y'all, it's satire. And now I'm back on board again. So um, Greenberg, oh, God, I lost his first name, but Greenberg is like the Daniel. somebody. Daniel Greenberg? Yes. Um, he said, quote, we thought that Arizona iced tea, we thought of that Arizona iced tea in Adidas collab when they were selling shoes that advertise a beverage company that sells iced tea at bodegas. So we wanted to make a statement about how absurd collab culture has gotten. And here's where he like, fucking sells me on this. We were wondering what would a collab with Jesus Christ look like? As a Jew myself, the only thing I knew was that he walked on water, hence the inclusion of holy water in the soles of the shoes. It's satire. He's making fun of collab culture, and he's like, what if we collaborate with like the most powerful person in history? It's like making fun of people for... Jews win. For selling... for. Spending thousands it's and thousands satire, of dollars on stupid... But people are stupid... actually buying this, though, right? Like, they, yeah, they made I mean, a couple it's... dozen of these shoes and they sold. Like, it's proving its own point that, like, anything... It's, it's this, like, weird consumer-obsessed, brand-obsessed thing that's happening I that people are going to pay, pay through for I forgot if shoes. we talked about this Instagram account, uh, but there is an Instagram account called Preachers and Sneakers... Which is no. all like they basically take screenshots of pastors delivering their sermons, or if it's on Facebook or whatever, and they point out like, "Here's the pastor talking to the congregation. Here's a close up of his shoes. And how much are those? We kicks found worth? exactly <gasps> those shoes, and they cost thousands of dollars. It's hilarious. Pastors? Preachers, yeah, preachers and sneakers with an N. Yeah, preachers and sneakers. But I'm Got just it. like they they made it for the shoe. Smash that follow button. It's so funny. Oh, um, my God. This is extremely good. Oh, it's such a good account. So good. I thought it was just a, it'll be funny for like a day. They're still going. Funny forever, it sounds like. And it's like. so good. Oh, and it's not just sneakers. It's like... Oh, it's fancy shoes as no, well. No, but it's and like... clothes and jackets. And yeah, jackets. Somebody found an $850 jacket somebody's wearing. Okay, that's extremely good. I'm pro <laughs> that. That's great news. Okay, here's piggybacking on that story. The Catholic Church is now selling their own goods... And this one costs money. Okay. And this one is very real and not satire, even though it should be satire. So I sent this story to you because I was going to do it, and you had already had it covered. So I haven't read anything about it. But okay. it is a thing that I definitely was like, I need to triple check that this isn't satire. Yeah. Like no, quadruple it's, check. It's called the Click to Pray E-Rosary. How fucking dare they? Which looks like a Fitbit on your wrist, but it's really a way to keep track of your prayers oh if you're God. using the rosary to pray, which is what the young tech-savvy kids do every day. It's $110, uh, even though prayer is free. So isn't the Catholic Church the one that got in trouble for indulgences way back Yeah, then? I super remember that. Right? Um, they say... <laughs> When activate, you know how you activate it? You have to make a sign of the cross. That's for You're, real. That's for are real. you sure this isn't satire? Yeah. When activate, this is from their press release. When activated, the user has the possibility to choose either to pray the standard rosary, a contemplative rosary, and different kinds of thematic rosaries that will be updated every year. 
So here's the Angry Birds version <laughs> of it. I don't know. Here's the Bitmoji version. Seriously, like just because you can modernize parts of the church doesn't mean you need to. Well, and rosaries have been traditionally used to keep track of like the number of prayers you do. Like, yeah, you so have to like, do, like in Jainism, which is what I'm from, my mom will use a rosary, and it's literally because she says this phrase like 108 times. Uh-huh. And they want to keep track of how many times you've said it. I have plenty of stuff to criticize, but also not a lot of people do that specific sort of thing. In Catholicism, there's different types of prayers you're doing. Right. And the rosary helps to keep track of where you are in those prayers and making sure you're saying all the things you need to. The one argument I heard so far. Okay. Pro? Pro. In defense of this thing is that there are some elderly Catholics who genuinely forget where they are in the prayers, and this could help them keep track of where they are, which, fine. Like, if it helps them, like, an analog, actual rosary, they can't really hold properly, and it's hard to keep track of where they are. Like, okay, fine. Okay. It's technology helping them out. But that's not the target demographic. But also, I just... Searched in my app store rosary, and there's a gajillion apps that do exactly that. But the Catholic Church did not need to dip. They come with the Fitbit thing, though. Those are just iPhone rosaries. Oh, Oh, I see. This one comes with the cool. It's a wearable. It's wearable. wearable Oh, this one's one ninety nine because it's rosary deluxe audio. (laughs) Um. uh, By the way, if they really wanted to cater to to young people, like. The joke is, at least include a panic button with this thing. Uh, uh, that at the altar boy demographic. Oh, get I got it, it now. It's the I church. thought you were doing like a like a triggered joke about young people. I also attended the Mike Huckabee School of Comedy. <laughs> <So> <laughs> well, I have well, well. one more for you here. Okay. Um, I think one more, maybe two. There is a Dutch family. This is insane. Oh my god. Okay, what can I talk? Can I lead the Please. way on this one because I'm They're obsessed with this story? What okay, happened? so there's a Dutch. Fa- so this is kind of intersects with true crime and and <laughs> religion in a way that like really religion is debatable. They have not mentioned religion. That's the yet. thing. That was actually the other thing is that I saw it they said the end of time, but I didn't see any particular um religious views. Alright, so what so, happened here? Dutch police found a family of seven living in the basement of a farmhouse. They had been there for nine years. There was um a fifty year fifty eight year old man and then six siblings, age 18 to 25. So these are adults, technically. Now adults. Now yeah. adults. Um, the 58-year-old man neither is related to them, nor is he the owner of the farmhouse where they are. They've been staying in a basement, which has a secret staircase to get to. No, this is wild shit. So this is not like, They've oh, we found a basement. in We're- the basement for nine years. Nine years. Okay. Never left. So the left. oldest child... I say child, the 25-year-old, escaped, went to a nearby pub to get help. Before he said anything, he drank five beers. He sat at the bar, drank five beers, then it was like, hey, I need help. (laughs) I have so much respect for this guy's game. Like, if I've been in a basement with my family for nine years, I'd be like, okay, drink first, help second. Sorry, I'm not making light of their situation, but it's just such a, that's so much liquid to consume. 
That's 80 ounces of liquid. It's I'm surprised simply you too didn't much. say, let me go to the bathroom and then I got <laughs> a story for you. Like, I really want to know how long he was there. So, um, <laughs> so Chris uh, Westerbeek, he was the owner of the bar. He ordered five beers and drank them. Then I had a, ch- then I had a chat with him and he revealed he had run away and needed help. Then we called the police. That is the order of things that happen. Yeah. It is a like really wild story. Um, so and the if they were there for nine years, nine years, that means the 18-year-old's been there since he or she was nine. nine. And these people have been led to believe the end of the world is upon us. Right. And I guess staying in the basement is the only way we're going to be safe. My understanding is the guy who's like, quote unquote, their father, but right. isn't their actual father, um, he knew the real deal. Like, he would go upstairs. He would leave the house and do farm work because right. neighbors saw him. And they're like... They thought he was living alone on this farm. Yeah. And secretly... I mean, I don't get if you're the the kids, quote unquote, in this place. You see this guy leaving and coming back. He has to be going somewhere. What's the story there? Well, I mean... Where do they think he was going this whole time? Because he was stepping outside, I mean, he was I'm getting sure, food. I don't, I don't think it was that they thought like the it wasn't like Ten Cloverfield Lane or whatever, where like the air is poison outside, mm-hmm. but but they didn't think anybody else was left in the world, which is why it makes it even more buck wild that this guy got out of this basement for the first time in nine years, walked to a bar, realized humanity still exists, and was like, I need five drinks now. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, apparently they, they didn't even know other people were out there. Exactly, they. Um, Apparently, the, they were largely, or they were entirely self-sufficient. They lived off a vegetable garden and had a few animals. The children were not registered, which is interesting because, like, like no you said, birth certificate. We don't know they exist. I think that's what I mean. Right? Uh, that's what I would assume. And they've only been there for, I say, only nine years at most. Half their like, so all these kids lived from nine to at least since the age of consciousness. Yeah, like I mean, they've but grown up the their oldest entire one lives. was what. 25, so he would have been 16, yeah. 9 to 16. Like, a 16-year-old has lived in the world. And so there must have been some sort of cult activity or something for, like... There's so much we don't know about this story. There was something leading up to the basement. The basement was not the first step. Yeah, you're right. The basement was that I'm so curious what's going to come out, and surely more of this, more details are going to come out. I did read a rumor that the the 25-year-old who got the beers at the pub, uh-huh. he may have had internet access right before he left. Really? But, but if you look at the stuff that he supposedly posted on various social oh, media accounts... Yeah, again, your reaction is the right one. Because it's like, did he really do any of this stuff? How did they have internet? You're telling me they had Wi-Fi in this basement and only he used it? Like, you I can mean, retroactively got- date posts... To look older than they are, Facebook gives you that option these days. Really? Yeah. That's not Um, great. Because let's say you were like, oh, my wedding, it was eight years ago. Let me put that up Uh, here. Oh, sure, 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 sure. So they let you post things with an older date. Um, But anyway, like, I don't know if I believe that that's actually him or... Yeah. Anyway, there's so much we don't know. Yeah. I'm going to be following this story. I'll tell you that right now. It's just bananas all around. And everybody seems to be physically okay, is my understanding, which is good. Yeah. And we don't know what... That entails, and we don't know what's happened to them in the basement because, yeah, oh, it's so messed it's up. It's pretty bananas. Um, there was also this story that I wanted. This is the last one I got. Michelle Bachman, the former congresswoman, she appeared I on a radio show. No, we do again. have to because she's still around. Basically, she says climate change is a hoax, which is not surprising coming from her because she's a Republican. She and doesn't accept reality. Um, but she said. 
God put a rainbow in the sky as a sign of his covenant, and he said very clearly to the entire world, never again will there be judgment. Never again will the world be flooded. You can take it to the bank. That's God's word. Yeah, that's how God God talks. said we will never be flooded after he flooded the earth and killed everybody uh-huh. and that whole Noah's Ark story happened. Uh-huh. Then God said oh, okay. never again. Right. Oh, that one. That was the last, I swear, <sighs> baby, that was the last one. Even though there are hurricanes and people have been drowned and people have been underwater in yeah. cities for a long time, but I guess it's not a global yeah, flood. A, uh-huh. The fact that she's elected and the fact that even if she's not in office, there are way too many Republicans who agree with her. Are, who yeah, are still in office. That's not even the craziest thing a Republican has said in the last 10 minutes. So, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, good news, the Uganda Kill the Gays bill is dead again. That's a plus, yeah. yeah. And I think it was uh, international outrage once again. Yeah, which is good because it's definitely a more crowded stage right now than it was in 20, 2012. Yeah, when the I first bill would to... have said if you're doing homosexual acts, mm-hmm. then we can kill you. That's the punishment we could give you. Um, and the last time they proposed that several years ago, there was Christian involvement uh-huh. from the U.S. Like Christian right leaders had like said, yeah, you need to criminalize homosexuality. Right. And now they're a little more silent. But Uganda was still like, yeah, we can do it now. Maybe it's a little more under the radar. But now they said and they also said the guy who proposed the bill said, I have the numbers to get this passed, which was frightening. Yeah. He seemed really confident. And that yet. It- uh, the people in charge are like, yeah, we're not going to do this right now. So hopefully that's... <sighs> All right. Ah, cool. that's more than enough. Jesus, this week. Um, so, Hemet. Yo. Where can we find you on the internet? I'm on the internet at Hemet Meta on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Hey, go to YouTube. Friendly Atheist One is the channel. It exists. <laughs> it's so funny you couldn't get Friendly go Atheist. Go subscribe. <laughs> it's so Son of a bitch to whoever has YouTube slash Friendly Atheist. You bastard. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. And uh, hey, I know it's still October and this is uh, sacrilegious, but the holiday season is coming up. (laughs) It is. Listen, when my shop, each of my, I make cross stitches and each of them makes between, takes between like, two and ten hours to make. So I have a very limited number of orders I can take in for the holiday season. So if you are interested in something, there's a coupon code that's uh, Atheist that you can use to take off anything that I already have designed um, that does not apply to, like, um, personal designs that I... or um, um, designs that I make for y'all, which is... Uh, but that still comes under free shipping. So anyway, take a look at my shop if you have any weird phrases. Somebody... Um, I just got an order from somebody who wanted one of one of the phrases that I use <laughs> cross-stitched. And so we landed on... Wait, let me find it. Yeah. Where are my orders? Uh, <laughs> get me my pearls to clutch. <laughs> so it's, it's that in cursive and then like a little string of pearls underneath. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought that was very funny nice. and cool. Anyway, if you want something, get in touch with me. Bitchesgetstitchedone.com or you can just reach out to me. All right, via, Etsy. Via or do you have a new website? Etsy. Bitches get stuffed. Oh, no, at Etsy. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Sorry. Um, that's it. Go that's there. All I have. Go to Patreon. Oh, patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Yep. Email us friendly atheist podcast at gmail.com. Oh, I'm starting to get uh, my life together and get my fables right. thing back oh, up. Right. So I have two interview, two episodes teed up for that. So I'm going to try to start doing those monthly question mark, but 
re- fairly regularly again. So those, if all you have to do is donate a dollar on Patreon, you have access to, I think there's probably five or six episodes right now available only to subscribers. Um, and there will be more shortly. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.